the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. We are live with the Combat Cast. It's the man they call Dave with Chevroni. And we are going to talk some UFC 276, some of this week's fight night. But first, Chevy, what's coming up? All right, July 16th, we got UFC Fight Night Ortega versus Rodriguez. I'm super excited for that fight. July 23rd, later on in the month, we have UFC Fight Night Blades versus Aspinall. That's going to be a 3 p.m. Eastern card where we're going back to London where the where the fans are crazy. So we're looking forward to that. That whole card is going to be great. And then the end of the month, we are uh, looking at another pay-per-view ufc 277 pena versus nunez to the rematch so some good fights coming up interesting week man me and you didn't get to watch these fights together for the first time in a while so i was going on very little sleep i'd been up for like 22 hours by the time i got done mm-hmm. watching i was also watching some stuff wwe was having they ended up kind of intersecting a little bit very strange I got there, and I know we're going to talk, usually we talk the main card, but I'll throw a little love to some of these prelims because this was such a good card. I got here, and the first thing, Julia Storlenko? Stolienko, I believe. Stolienko, yeah, submitted Jessica Rose Clark. This fight went about 42 seconds, and in that time, Julia had already gotten rocked and then turned it around, turned it, used a takedown on her, and then grabbed her in an armbar and submitted her. I believe Julia also is the one who came out to Sexy Boy by Shawn Michaels. Jessica did, yeah. Oh, Jessica um, did, okay. Yeah. So she didn't just submit her. She snapped her arm in half. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this was that's wild. how we started the fight card off with a broken arm. 
Yeah, this was wild. What did you think about Julia's performance? I mean, she was on a three-fight losing streak. Like, she lost her first three fights in the UFC, and boy, she must have really wanted to win this one. She needed it bad, yeah. It was a bummer for Jessica. She she couldn't really get anything going. The, The fight was so short, you can't take too much away from the fight, so... Right. It is what it is. She got caught. I mean, Stolianko is a monster with arm bars. So I knew once she got on her arm, it was over. So I know that she had complained that Stolianko kept going after she tapped. But, I mean, she goes until the ref stops her. And yeah. when you need a win like that, you can't risk letting up. And then she gets out and they don't stop it or something. So should have tapped sooner if you thought that yeah. you're, you were in that much danger. It's a dangerous sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, be mad at the ref for not stopping it faster. So, and then we had Macy Barber with a big victory over Jessica. I believe it's just like three in a row now for Macy Barber. She's doing great. She said that her contract is up too, which is interesting. Jessica, I retired after this too, which no, I mean, good for her. I mean, that was probably due. She's been around for a long time, like she mentioned. Happy for Jessica. Hope she ends up doing some good things. And what do you think about that? And what do you think about the future? The future of Macy Barber. That was good, Dave. Yeah, Jessica I, good career. She's super tough. I'm sure this isn't how she wanted to go out, but tough opponent. She gave props to Macy Barber in her little post-fight interview that they gave her. And as far as Macy, I mean, she looks great. She's just getting better in every fight. She looked good in the clinch. She landed a lot of heavy elbows from in close. Her boxing looked good. I just, she's getting so much better so quickly. I'm a fan. Yeah, she is the future for sure. She, I believe, is, if not the youngest, one of the youngest females on the roster, if not fighters on the roster. So yeah, shout out to her. The future looks bright. Do you think she's going to resign with UFC? Yeah, I, I think, you know, she's just banking on herself going into this fight that she was going to put on a good showing and a good win. She want, wanted to use as a negotiation tactic. You know, she is young, but she is popular. So she UFC is probably undercutting her on her contract. And yeah. this gives them a little bit more benefit to keep her. Yeah, I think Dana likes her too. Like oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they'll they'll sign her for sure. And then we had Andre Munez defeat Lariah Hall. Pretty convincing victory. I thought he dominated. There were a few times Lariah had some hope spots. But for the most part, Munez dominated. I was actually surprised Hall didn't get submitted, given Munez has submitted Jacare from the positions he was in. So kind of impressed with Hall a little bit defensively in that regard. But also, at the same time, really didn't show much in terms of being able to do much to get out of that position, though. Yeah, you're, I, I agree 100%. I think the most disappointing part of that was both guys' cardio. They were so tired. I think that was a big problem for Uriah as, as far as not being able to get up. I think he was just so tired. All that grappling, you know, tires you out for sure. But I don't know. I was disappointed with the fight overall because I'm such a huge Hall fan. I wanted him to win and disappointed to watch him just get held down for three rounds. Yeah, and he always has those chances, too, because he's such an explosive striker. So you see that moment where, like, he had a couple times where he's firing off, but it's like 10 seconds left in the round. We had the main card, Driscus Duplice Plessis. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, defeated Brad Tavares. Pretty good back-and-forth fight there. And I'll kind of group these a little bit together. Ian Gary defeated Gabriel Green. Solid performance by Ian Gary. But, you know, Green's tough. No finish there. And also on the main, there's two more fights on the main card. I'll save one of them for last. We'll skip over. Jalen Turner also choked at Brad Riddell. This was the only fight I missed on the cards. So Super can- quick. 
Yeah, I, I went to go get pizza. I was back. And it was, yeah. like, it was oh. like 40 seconds or something like that. It just clipped him, snatched his neck, and it was over. Bummer for Brad Riddell. Yeah, anything you want to add on these like cards, these pre-level cards, before we talk about Cowboy and Miller? Ian Gary looked good. Another good growth performance for him. Duplices, that I thought it was funny. They, they were back and forth. Duplices his technique for striking is just to run in with his chin up and <laughs> yeah. sw- and swing really hard. And somehow I add, it's just not going to work at a higher uh, against a technical striker at a higher level. No, the way he was breathing, I don't understand how he was getting all the power behind those punches. You know, <laughs> he looked like he was about to keel over and die in the octagon, <laughs> but yeah, he was still throwing a hundred percent. So good on him. I'm a fan of him. It was a close fight. I kind of could have seen it going either way, but I think it was a unanimous decision for Duplices, so good on him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, good win. Solid undercard. And, of course, the light we want to pay a little more close attention to here. Jim Miller, Cowboy Cerrone. Miller submitted Cerrone in round two. Thought Miller might come out with a little faster strike. Didn't end in the first round, though. Cowboy, I mean, I think some of this game is mental. And I think he's certainly good enough where maybe he could still defeat a guy like Miller or something on another given night. But, like, it's not going to probably go beyond that. So, not a bad time for him to retire. Good for Jim Miller. Not sure what's next for him at welterweight. That's an interesting weight class. Maybe that's just a one-time thing because, you know, a short night notice. I look forward to see what Jim Miller does next. But Cowboy Cerrone, hell of a career. A guy who never quite got that world championship in the UFC, but... Man, he was a fan favorite ever there was one, taking any fight, anytime, anywhere, and he will be missed. Yeah, absolutely. First, Jim Miller, super slick guillotine. The way he trapped Cowboy's right arm in there with his leg in the guard, like that was amazing to watch. And all the respect to him for when Joe comes up to him and after the fight, he, he sees Cowboy taking his gloves off and immediately sends Joe over to him. So Jim Miller's all class. I really do hope that he makes it to his goal of, you C 300 they put him on the main event and you know he can continue to win until then as far as cowboy yeah we kind of saw this coming or knew it was going to be coming but to see him in there and actually retire was very sad he said he didn't love it anymore I mean, you could kind of see that in, in the last few fights going into him he he doesn't look like he was having quite as much fun, not as amped up to be there. He always looks nervous in in the first round, but he just hasn't really been there the last few fights. And I know he, he's lost about like six in a row or something like yeah. that. So we don't want to tarnish a legacy of such a great fighter. So he's got other stuff to do. He's going to be a movie star, he said. He's been working on that, so good for him. Everyone loves Cowboy. If you like this sport, you can't not love him. Yeah, yeah, he represents one of the good guys. So we started off the main card after this. Well, we had, again, that's when Turner, but we, after this great preliminary card, we started off the main card. And interesting fight to start off. Pedro Munoz, Sean O'Malley. I thought this would be more fireworks instead. I think it was Kenny Florian I heard said that Munoz didn't really kind of fight like he normally fights. He fought it a little more defensively. That being said, might have been winning the fight. Not sure. It was one of those fights. I have to go. No, back. he was winning on the scorecards, I believe. He was okay. showed round one on the scorecards. I, I believe he was winning two of the three judges. Okay, but then uh, obviously there was the accidental eye poke, and this ends up being a no contest. So. Do you think they run it back, or what do you think is going to happen here? I would say normally, yes, they run it back, but because it's Sean O'Malley, 
they're going to do whatever he wants. If something better comes along, then they're going to give that to him. I dislike him more and more every time I see him fight at this point. Just think he's all showmanship and I, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I he's I saw on Twitter that he posted that he finished Pedro. First person to finish Pedro or whatever. Obviously, the guy's eye was swollen shut. Pedro was winning the fight. He's not looking for a way out. So I just think Sean O'Malley's bullshit. Great fighter, but his personality makes me want to put a bullet in my head. <laughs> there you have it. Sean O'Malley, big fan. <laughs> I can't wait to see what's next. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, like, yeah, they might not want to give him Munoz back because that's a dangerous fight for him. But we're getting to that point, though, where he's going to be getting some dangerous fights no matter what. So it'll be interesting to see what they actually do with him. Right. I think Pedro's technique, you know, we talked about it before the fight. O'Malley is susceptible to leg kick and that's what Pedro was doing you know he's trying to kick the legs and I don't think Sean was liking it too much and you know he was giving them back but Pedro was being smart I, I think he was gonna work Sean's legs early in the fight and then go for takedowns later on or see if he could get inside later on because if Sean's legs are tore up he doesn't have that power you know or that ability to move out of the way of the shorter faster guy so I thought Pedro was looking good. That doesn't mean that O'Malley wasn't going to one-punch KO him later in the fight because that's always a possibility. But I thought Pedro was looking good. I would be fine with the rematch. Yeah, me as well. I think O'Malley and Cejudo had a little some words to say to each other afterwards. Henry Russell had some words to say to Falkonoski too. I'm looking at these rankings. Sean O'Malley, I mean, the guys above him are like Frankie Edgar. And Edgar's obviously... Edgar's an interesting opponent because Edgar's been knocked out a few times now, so maybe that chin. But Edgar's also an opponent, like, mm, he could really put that wrestling on him. And right, look what he did to Yair years ago, you know? Right, so that's interesting. Munoz is number nine, and then you have, like, Song Ladong. Maybe Ricky Simon would be an interesting fight for him. A dangerous fight, just like anybody else. But number 11, maybe that's where they go next if they don't want to quite give him the level of a Munoz. Because after Munoz, then you're looking at guys Cruz, Font, Marab, uh, Marlon Vera, you know, so we've already seen how that went. So, which is where he's going to have to head if he's going to continue to try to. Right. If he wins, that's where he's going to be going up. Yeah. So, so we'll see how it goes. I have options. Great division. So, yeah. There's definitely I say it's Ricky Simon. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd be down for that. Oh, it's a tough fight for O'Malley. It's a lot of wrestling. So, yeah. All right. After that fight of the night, Brian Barberino versus Robbie Lawler just kind of went down like we thought it would. With yeah. Lawler giving his all, made a real tough, stylistic, fun fight. But Barberino being a little younger and probably almost in that role of a Robbie Lawler, Cowboy, Cerrone, Matt Brown now. I like it. I thought Robbie definitely came close to having him a few times. I thought, you know, Barberino... They rocked him big time. Yeah. I thought, actually, I thought for the most part, Robbie had the harder punches, but then the more the volume kept up with Barberino, eventually it took its toll. Super excited to see Barberino here at Welterweight. Let's see what's next. What did you think? Yeah, I thought Robbie's head movement looked great. He was slipping shots, but staying in the pocket. You know, and then he had a lot of opportunities to land these big, heavy uppercuts and hooks he landed. I thought he looked great. And when you play that kind of game with those heavy punches, you know, that can happen to anyone. And that's what happened. That's, you know, basically what we thought was going to happen, happened. So they got fight of the night, I believe. An extra 50 G's for those guys. Good on them. And I was just looking at the UFC rankings just for the fun of it here at Welterweight. And Bob Marino's not like in the top 15 or anything right now. 
Number 15 at the very end is Michelle Pereira. I'd be down to see that fight, given the styles. Yeah, that'd be a great matchup. Speaking of guys named Pereira, though, Alex Pereira, he wrestled, wrestled. <laughs> he fought Sean Strickland. So I'm watching this fight with a mutual friend of ours, and he's asking me about Sean Strickland. And, you know, I'm telling him Pereira's a kickboxer. And he's like, so what does this guy Strickland do? I'm like, well, he's an MMA fighter. I like, he like, you know, he can punch, he can wrestle. I was like, he'll clinch. I was like, and I'm watching the fight, but I'm like, I don't really like the way he's fighting right now. I was like, his chin's kind of up in the air. I was like, it looks like he's playing into his opponent's game, which is something we thought might happen. But as we got closer, I was kind of going back almost what I was thinking. And I was like, nah, he's not, he's not going to do that. And, <laughs> and then the guy we're watching it with, he's telling me, he's like, well, yeah, I mean, Maybe you don't know enough about this guy. Maybe you know, he, he can out kickbox him. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And that's it, what he thought. As soon as I said that, bam, like he got laid out. And I was like, I was like, and that's why it's not a good idea to do that. <laughs> yeah. Why Strickland? I, I know he said that he could beat any glory kickboxer on the roster or whatever. Well, I think we proved that that's not accurate. It was amazing to watch him just walk into those shots like he could take them. So, um, yeah, Pereira just set up an easy, easy trap and caught him with that left hook and put him out uh, bad, too. So, I mean, I guess we get the story we want as far as Izzy and Pereira next. But Sean Strickland's got to be kicking himself after that one. Yeah, because he had created a potential story for himself, too. He actually, I right. thought, kind of got a little verbal up on uh, Adesanya. Like, usually you don't see Adesanya get rattled verbally, but I thought Strickland at the press conference, kind of like, all right, like, I think he pissed off Adesanya. And I'm thinking, all right, good on him. He's creating himself, you know, interest in this. And I think Adesanya's coach even said that he fumbled the bag and, you know, hopefully he can get back there someday. But that's on him. Basically saying, you know, like, you know, you know, you could have won this fight <laughs> if yep. you fought a certain way. Yeah. It- like he has wrestling skills like he, it was an ego thing you know absolutely page my cue in the comments he said it's all about patience probably you know should have been a little more patient and should have wrestled him he also says but at the end of the day <laughs> strickland did not he decided you know he knew it was best well you know this fight kind of goes in with the main event but let's get to the featherweight co-main event first Volkanovski versus holloway i think we all thought uh, at least here we thought holloway was going to pull it off we recognized that Volkanovski had won the previous fights although arguably especially that second one but we realized that hey these are the two best featherweights in the world what we also knew is that we were going to probably see different versions of these guys coming in to a certain level they're going to come in and write i gotta say i love max and but at the end of the day god damn this Volkanovski is such a fucking beast like i couldn't believe the performance he had like it was like he's just another level and if he's doing that to max right now i don't think anyone's gonna touch this guy it was heartbreaking to watch max just get beat up for five rounds yeah he's my favorite fighter you know you can see i got the shirt but i love max i was questioning some of his techniques he was doing and he was trying to avoid the leg kick but he was lifting his leg his lead leg and diving in and then you know it's just telegraphing that he's coming in and then Volkanovski was landing on him every time. So I don't know. Volkanovski was faster and he's just able to hit Max with everything where Max was having a hard time touching him. So time to go back to the drawing board, figure it out. Probably not going to get another shot at Volkanovski. So he's got to hope Volkanovski goes up to 155, which 
is a very real possibility, and he has some good chances to cause people problems up there, too. Yeah, He's yeah. looked great. Just to talk some featherweight potential fights here, Yair Ortega next. Obviously, he already holds a victory over Ortega. So if Yair is able to pull that off and he has shown the improvements in his game that he can beat the guy like Ortega and finish the guy like Ortega, maybe. I think Yair is definitely a guy who will probably get that shot. I know Josh Emmett, Emmett is in the mix, too. Yeah. yeah. Emmett and Emmett actually is number three. I'm just saying this. If Yair finishes Ortega, I'm going to. Call it right now. I think he's going to yeah. win. But Emmett's right there if he's going to stick at featherweight. And one other guy I just want to point out, Arnold Allen, who's number five and has dominated anybody they've put in front of him, really. I'd have to say those are the potential fights. Who do you think presents potentially the most problems for Volkanovski out of that group? Arnold Allen, I would say, probably. He's the most well-rounded. He's super fast, slick boxing, very powerful, mm-hmm. taller. I think he's probably the toughest. But I would say Dark Horse, who's not in the conversation quite yet, would be Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell. Hmm. Not the best striking, but he gets his whole. If he gets a hold of Volkanovski, he's going to be doing everything he can to take him down. He's not going to give up. Probably going to get beat up on the feet, but if he gets it down to the ground, his submission skills are excellent. And if I, I, I just don't. I think he could be a dark horse to get a sub on Volkanovski if they ever fought. So yeah, I thought you were going to say Cejudo. Interesting. Yeah, fuck Cejudo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he has an opportunity, but until we he comes back and actually gets a fight, I mean, he's just going to call at everyone in front of him. So Main event, style bender, the fight, the entrance. Ironic that Vince McMahon was in the crowd when he pulled his entrance here, too. But yeah, he does a complete Undertaker entrance. He has Jared Kenner on the urn, which I thought was kind of fun. I actually enjoyed that Salbender always has an interesting entrance we'll say that of course the joke was the entrance was way more entertaining than the actual fight i had a theory on this too that Salbender has kind of become the new anderson silva in the sense that now everybody kind of game plans for this and like kenny foreign was talking about this on the anik and foreign podcast that Stylebender almost needs a very specific style opponent, dance partner, to have that kind of fun stylistic fight. He's a counterpuncher. And he said normally Kenner would be that guy, but Kenner didn't really fight like Kenner would normally would fight. And understandably, he probably didn't want to get knocked out. And I think that's the potential here now we're kind of facing with Stylebender. Now, Alex Pereira, if they end up fighting next, and I'll let you talk about all this too, but I think, okay, stylistically, we should be getting a knockout there. Unless, of course, they're both going to stick around and try to counterpunch each other. It's just real. You don't know now, I think, when you get this guy on the card. That being said, impressive performance from a technical standpoint. Maybe not exciting, but a technical standpoint, exciting. And at middleweight, this is going to be a tough guy to beat. I don't think Pereira is going to get it done. What do you think of everything overall? Hmm. Uh, so Izzy has become a boring champ. I don't want to be too harsh. He's fighting the best of the best in a fantastic division, and he needs to do what he needs to do to win. But I, I do see you know, that there's opportunities. He could be a little bit more offensive. As far as the Anderson Silva thing, I, I feel like Anderson was still knocking people out. You know, maybe not with the frequency oh, yeah. that he was early on, but Adesanya's become champ and he's basically not finishing anyone now. So if you're going to have a walkout like he does every single time, I just feel like your fighting style should reflect that. 
personally, but I think it's just disappointing because we know how great he can look, mm-hmm. and that's that's what we're expecting. And that's what we want. So uh, you know, maybe it's more on us as fans for, as far as managing expectations of what's going to happen. So you're right, though. Technically, he looked fantastic as he always does, and probably always will. Props to him. It's another good win. I think you are right when it comes to the Alex Pereira fight. I'm hoping we're going to get a little bit more back and forth between these two guys. If we get a super defensive passive Izzy because he's already been knocked out by Pereira, we might see another boring fight though. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll we'll see when that comes. Where I want to see where what Izzy's headspace looks like in the lead up to that fight. But that the fact that Alex is the only person to ever knock him out might make this another boring fight. So. True. Although I have to say, Pierre's lack of experience could also make this an exciting fight because he might not. There's really no other way for him to win. Like, yeah, he, I, I don't see Izzy going for a takedown or anything right. like that, though. I just don't. I just don't see that happening. So I think yeah, we're just going to see a kickboxing match, basically, with right, four ounce gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with four ounce gloves, which is interesting because <laughs> this whole thing, this exper- Pierre experiment, could work. Yeah. <laughs> he gave- might be our next champ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting how that works because styles make fights. If Izzy gets behind, gets over Pereira next, I'm looking at like these rankings here at middleweight. Whitaker beaten, Kenair beaten, Vittori beaten, Brunson beaten, Costa beaten. I mean, then we start looking at Sean Strickland. Well, and, yeah. So Luke Rockhold has a fight coming up against. Boricino, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, Costa. If he wins, I'd like to see that matchup. I think that is a good matchup stylistically. Yeah. I think if he gets by a pair, I mean, even though he had trouble, like, I'd like to see him try to go back at light heavyweight one more time, see what he can do at that. Because I mean, I think it could lead to some more exciting fights too, because he's going to have to come at it differently. Stylistically, him and Yuri is a great fight. Sure. Um, you know, Jan is just so big and so strong strong and powerful i think that that was tough for izzy you know i mean yuri is big strong and powerful too but i think stand-up wise he's more willing to be in a technical fight with him yeah after one more, before we get to next this coming week's fight night i'd like to see maybe jared Kennier and sean strickland next like i think you know what they're close enough in rankings and stuff like that they're both coming off losses over the weekend let's just see what happens yeah see Kennier knock him out I that's what I think is going to happen, <laughs> but you know what? It's also to me, it's like it gets Kinnear, Jared Kenner win. He gets back moving, and we'll see where he's at. And for Strickland, if he can pull off a win over the guy who just fought, it puts him back in contention. So to me, that's why I think that would probably be the interesting fight to make next. Yeah, I can see that. All right, we got this week's fight night coming up here. Rafael dos Andros, Rafael Fasiv. There's Any- only one prelim fight that I, you know, highlighted. There, there's some, you know, interesting fighters on there. Sure. There's a guy's name I can't pronounce. His first name is Kennedy. Can't pronounce his last name. African yeah. Savage is his nickname, but he's a great fighter. Antonio Shevchenko is on there. But the fight that I think is going to be really good is Cynthia Carvio versus Nina Nunes. So tough fight for both fighters and both fighters need a win. 
So I'm not sure who to pick. I think it's very close fight. I think it's just about who comes in in the right headspace, honestly. But that's a good one to keep an eye out for. Could be a great fight. And main card's going to kick off with the veteran, Michael Johnson. This guy's got 20 wins, 17 losses. Wow, 17 losses. I know, actually. (laughs) He lost like four or five in a row recently until his last win. Nine knockouts, two submissions. I mean, he has fight at night twice. And he's had a knockout a night before with Danny Castillo and a performance tonight. He actually holds a victory where he knocked out Dustin Poirier. That was a long time ago. It was. Yeah, Dustin became a completely different fighter. Jamie Malarkey is 14-5, 10 knockouts, three subs, one decision. So Malarkey likes to kind of bring it. And he's had a fight tonight as well against Brad Riddell, performance tonight against Devontae Smith. Looks like this should be fireworks stylistically. However, given that Johnson is just kind of up there in his MMA career, I'm not sure how old he is, but just that he's been around for so long. I'm going to go with Malarkey. Go with a second-round TKO. Yeah, Johnson's still super dangerous, but I I think Malarkey stops him in the third via TKO. Jamie Pickett, middleweight fight versus Dennis Tulini. I believe that's how you say his name. Pickett is 13-7. and seven. Eight KOs, one sub, four decisions. Dennis is 9-6, and six, 8 KOs, 1 decision, 0-1 in the UFC. So he's going to be looking for that win hard. I'm going to go with Pickett. I'm going to say decision. Yeah, I'm gonna do, I don't know anything about either guy, so I'm I'm gonna do the same pick up by decision. And then we got Jared Venata. This isn't like an overwhelming card, folks. Jared Venata Ven- Vendera, I think. Yeah, Vendera. Yeah, Jared Vendera versus Chase Sherman. Heavyweight fight. Sherman's fifteen and ten. Like if you look at the records of a lot of these guys, it's yeah. This whole card is full of people who have two or three losses in a row fighting right. each other. So a lot of people are gonna be getting caught after this card. Yeah, I mean it could be a great card for that reason too. Yeah. Right. A lot of desperate fighters for sure. Sherman's an interesting guy. He's a former bare knuckle heavyweight champion too. But yeah, fourteen so he's only won a decision once in his victories. Fight at night one time. And I did not actually write down Jared Bandera's record here. He has a typical heavyweight record. Bunch of wins. Yeah. Uh, moderate yeah. amount of losses. Three in a row. He's lost now. 12 and 8. I'll go with Sherman. I'll go with knockout. I'll go round one. I'm going with Sherman. Boring decision because both guys are going to be too passive because they don't want to get knocked out. Then we got Sed Nurmagomedov versus. This is a sleeper fight right here. Yes. I, I was noticing that. Douglas Silva, DeAndrade. Nurmagomedov, he's got 15 wins, two losses, four knockouts, four submissions, seven decisions. Performance of the night, and did Andre DeAndrade is 28 four and one, so plenty of experience here. 20 KOs, two subs, six decisions. He's had two performances of the night. I'm gonna go with Nurmagomedov based on the few fights I've seen with these guys. I'm gonna go Nurmagomedov with the wrestling. I think he probably can get it done, and I think decision though. Yeah, uh, Douglas is a super dangerous striker. He has loads of experience. Uh, Saeed is fairly well-rounded, obviously um, comes from Dagestan. I'm sure he's related to Khabib in some (laughs) facet. Uh, He has a little bit more stand-up than Khabib was known for. So um, I think if he can avoid getting clipped on the feet, he'll grind out a decision. But I think it'll be a pretty exciting fight. And then our Coleman event, I'm not too familiar with either of these guys. Uh, They're both coming off Dana White's Contender Series. Um, well, they are they have fights in the UFC, but they are Dana White Contender Series alumni. Mario Borolo? Sure. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> against Armin Petrosian. Uh, Petrosian. All right. Petrosian, 7-1, 6 KOs, 1 decision. 
Uh, Cario is 11 and 1, 4 KOs, 3 subs, 4 decisions, so a little more well rounded. I'll take the striker. I'll go with Armin. Yeah, it's a high-level high fight from two relatively unknown guys. Um, I think both these guys are going to have long careers in the UFC, but I'm going to go with Petrosian on this one. I think he's going to hand Barojo his first KO loss in the first round. Yeah, I, I didn't pick us away. So, yeah, I'll go KO. I'll say round two. Main event, Rafa dos Santos, Rafael Fazeev. Dos Andros, always a tough out for anybody. Dos Andros is 31, 13, five KOs. 16 subs and 10 decisions. Former UFC lightweight champion. He's had fight of the night three times, submission of the night, performance of the night four times. He got most unanimous, unanimous decision wins in UFC history. So to me, though, that also says that, you know, he's a grinder. He's a guy that can go all five rounds. Rafael Fazeev is 11 and 1, seven KOs, one sub, three decisions. He's had fight of the night twice, performance of the night twice. This looks like a really good fight and ultimately a really great test for, uh, Fazeev here um, if he gets it done. I'm going to say this is going to go all five rounds. I'll go with the old Warhorse. I'll go with RDA, but I can see this going either way. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of these guys. My heart says Dos Anjos by sub. I know he has good wrestling and great Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but he's 37 years old, and I think it's Fazeev's time. Uh, he's incredibly dangerous on the feet. I talked about this last week when we were talking about Brad Riddell, but he, he was, used to be a Tiger Muay Thai kickboxing instructor. And you've seen it in his fights, like when he wheel kicked Brad Riddell in the head and KO'd him in his last fight out. So incredibly dangerous on the feet. He's defensively sound. There's multiple clips of him on the internet doing the matrix defense where he bends backwards to avoid a kick and it goes right over his head. So I, I think with that great defense standing, he's going to set some traps for Dos Anjos on the feet. Dos Anjos fancies himself a striker as well. I mean, He's incredibly well-rounded, but I don't think that he's just going to go for takedowns. I think he's going to play the uh, striking game on the feet and he ends up getting caught in round three or four with something spectacular, wheel kick, you know, clinch knee something like that so i'm gonna go with fazeev round i'll say ultimately round three ko all right should be a good fight probably could be fighting tonight too on this mm -hmm. card so we'll see how it goes yeah it'd be interesting too to see what might be next for one of these guys usman's got a fight with edwards coming up so too right is this a welterweight or is it lightweight i know that dos Anjos has gone up and down i just can't remember if yeah I thought it's a now you got a second is guessing. it i just no. Let's just make sure. Nope, this is lightweight. You're okay. right. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see. Then at lightweight, that division's so fucking sad. <laughs> yeah, ne neither one of these guys are getting close to that top five currently. So, you know, they need to win a couple fights. It's so log jammed and stacked up there. So, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Like, uh, DeSantis is seven. Fazeev is 10. So, if he can beat number seven, then you're looking at Darius, Chanwer, Makachev, Justin Gaethje, Poirier over. It's going to be tough to get any of those fights. Because even Gaethje would be a great fight if he wins. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I was going to say, if you can get a Gaethje fight, that might be available. It's just, yeah, and Justin's such a big name. But Justin probably needs a fight coming up. Yeah. So, RDA yeah. versus Darius. I don't know if that fight has ever happened. It might have already happened. But that's another think, super great match. Maybe the winner fights Gaethje. Either way. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I've never seen either one of those fights. So, okay. And it's hard to say. I mean, Darius is right around the corner. Him or Islam, are, are they scheduled to fight for each other? No, I don't think so. I think there's just been talks and hasn't materialized. 
Because there's some talks of Makachev should get the shot at Charles Overeem next, and some want to see him fight Darius. Yeah, I um, want to see him fight Darius. I think that fight would be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Somebody's so, got to fight the champ. So we'll I think Poirier and Gaethje honestly would be a great fight at this point too to run it back. Just because they're the two biggest names, they're number two and number three, and then to see almost who wins and kind of who could still be sitting at that possibility to get a title shot. Because then if you have you're almost doing like a little contenders tournament there too. You know, Makadariush, mm-hmm. and then the winner of that one gets Oliveira. And then if Poirier beats Gaethje, you could always sit out and wait. You know, I mean, we could do Poirier Oliveira a second time. If only fought one time, too, if he won. And obviously, if you get a new person in there, you could do that too. So, yeah. I mean, and the same with Gaethje, too. Who knows? Lightweight, always stacked, always interesting. It'll be good to see what happens there. Why don't we tell people what we got coming up one more time? So, let's see. Next week, July 16th, UFC Fight Night, Ortega versus Rodriguez. Then later on in the month, July 23rd, UFC Fight Night, Blades versus Aspinall from London, 3 p.m. Eastern card. And then the very end of the month, July 30th, we get UFC 277, Pena versus Nunes 2. Absolutely, which is also going head-to-head with SummerSlam again, too. So Oh, shit. I don't think it's going to be a normal thing necessarily, but because they're doing some Saturday shows now, they have, this is going to happen. overlap, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Just They won't be running in Vegas against each other this time, though. Some good stuff coming ahead. The Combat Cast, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 